and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Hello, I'm Pat Malone, and I'd like to welcome you to The Church in the Home, where we share the light of God's Word from our home to you. I know the truth of God's Word, and I believe what I heard, yeah, yeah. I believe what I heard. I believe what I heard, so I'm standing on the Word of God. I wanted to ask, who here would like to rid their lives of selfishness? Me. Everybody? How about frustrations and anger, bitterness, the inability to forgive, and all negativity? And what if I told you to do that, all you had to do was take this magic pill. Would you like that? Yes. Yeah. Yes? yes. <laughs> well, there isn't a magic pill, but there is a way to rid your life of those things. And the answer is in the love of God. The love of God in the Bible, the Greek word agape. That's the love that we have, and we have the ability to have that love when we get born again. And we're going to tonight really dive into the love of God so that we can truly utilize it and live it and rid our lives of all of those things that we all don't want to have, the things that aren't best, the things that aren't going to bless us the most. Uh, the love of God changes everything. Everything. The things that you do outside of the love of God are all going to have an effect. If I do something and I have no love of God, then I'm going to do things that hurt me or I'm going to hurt someone else, or I'm going to humiliate myself, or cause harm in some way, because without the love of God, I'm living outside of God. And then I have the effect of the things of the world on my life. But when I live inside the love of God, then I can never fail, because the Bible says that love, the love of God, never fails. And that doesn't mean love like, well, now I'm starting to date this person and they're really fantastic and everything's going to be perfect in my life because they're perfect. No, that's not realistic. But love never fails because when you have God's love and you're living according to God's word, then that love never fails. And the reality is, is that sometimes there are still going to be situations that don't turn out the way you want them. It doesn't mean, okay, I'm using the love of God towards my friend right now, and I'm being loving, and everything's going to work out great between us. She might still turn around and say, I don't like you anymore because she's not walking in the love of God, and she's out of fellowship, and she's facing things. But the love of God didn't fail, okay? Love never fails. I'm still right for doing the things that are in God's word. I was reading a quote uh, from Dr. Werewolf. And he said, love at white hot heat burns selfishness to a crisp in your life. And he said that love is how we overcome the shortcomings of man. He said, there's absolutely no force in the world that can dominate or control love. Hardly anybody has ever dared to believe it because to believe it is to do it. But we want to dare to believe it, right? Yes. We want to do it. We want to really show the love of God to others in our lives. And we want to see the love of God burn up all those shortcomings in our human nature. We want to grow beyond that, and we can. 
God told us that it's available. He wouldn't have us try to have the love of God in every situation if it wasn't available. So it must be possible for us to strive to do. So we want to do it, we want to live it, and we want to show it. And then we want to get rid of all of those traits of anger and selfishness, bitterness, all of these things, being stressed, being sarcastic, that overly sarcastic, that's just an effect of the world. And that's not the love of God. We want to get rid of anxiety. That's not of God. And we know that perfect love casts all these things out. So let's start in Ephesians chapter 3. We're going to turn to the book of Ephesians, and we're going to see how to be the ones to build others up and to love them. So we'll start at the beginning, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in what? Love. So that's what we want to be. We want to be rooted, and we want to be grounded in love. So I'm going to give you guys the expanded literal translation according to the usage for this verse because I think it just really helps to kind of unlock the greatness of this verse for you. That Christ may live in everything you are and do. So by your continuous believing, you are being solidly rooted and you are being a firm foundation. So we want to be solidly rooted, right? Uh, Phil was telling us earlier that he's planting plants right now. And those plants, they need to grow down, right? They need to have that root system that goes beneath the soil because that's what's going to keep them um, held when the storms of life come, right? And then if there's two words. There's rooted and grounded. And that grounded, he said, is a firm foundation, and the foundation is what you lay to build up on top of, right? So we want to be deep. We want to be deep down in the ground. And then we want to have a strong foundation of love in our lives. So we, we want to do the end. There's a difference in this verse. He says in the expanded, so by your continuous believing. And there's a difference between continuous and continual. So continual is kind of doing something over and over sporadically. It's not consistent. But to be continuous means you're doing it at all times. So we want to be believing at all times. We want to be doing the word at all times. And that's how we really start to grow. That's how we get the roots. That's how we get the foundation. And a lot of us in this room or listening to the teaching out there, we're in different places in our lives. We're all at different stages in our growth. But that doesn't mean like, okay, well, this person, they've already got it. They're perfect. And this person really needs to work on it. We all at all times need to be taking stock of where we're at, of what's going on in our bodies, our minds, how we're reacting to situations, because we get to choose all that. We get to control all that. So we always want to be bettering ourselves. And we want to have that firm foundation of God's word. Without the love of God, nothing else is important. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We're going to really get into this love of God here. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, we'll start right in verse 1. 
Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity. So this word charity that you're seeing here, that is love. That's the love of God in the renewed mind. And that's the renewed mind is when you take your thoughts and you bring them back to God's word. Because kind of sometimes our thoughts go everywhere and we have a lot of effect of the world on us. But when we renew our mind, we take our thoughts back to God's word. So this word charity is the love of God and the renewed mind in manifestation. So, and have not the love of God, I am become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have faith so that I could remove mountains and have not the love of God, I am what? Nothing. Nothing. That sounds like a lot of cool stuff. But you know what? God says that if we do all of those amazing things without the love of God, that it's nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not the love of God, it profits me what? Nothing. Nothing. Charity, love, that's the love of God, suffereth long. It's patient and is kind. It's not envious or jealous. It vaunteth not itself. It's not puffed up. It does not behave itself unseemly. It doesn't seek its own, right? It's not selfish. It's not easily provoked. It thinks no evil. The love of God and the renewed mind and manifestation, it doesn't put itself ahead of somebody or push itself ahead. It's not puffed up. It's not flying off the handle every two seconds and getting angry without any you know, thought of it in every situation. And the love of God, it's not always the easiest thing to do, right? It's not always maybe our first reaction, but it is what we need to be doing. It is what we are renewing our minds to do. We're changing our thoughts back to the word of God, and we can do this. Let's keep reading in chapter, verse 6. The love of God rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things. Now, when it says bears all things. Remember, this is the love of God in the renewed mind. So these are all things that are according to God's word, right? That's what we're bringing our mind back to. It's not, these all things aren't just everything. So it bears all things. It believes all things according to God's word. It hopes all things and endures all things. The love of God never fails. That's what we were talking about earlier, right? The love of God never fails. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. But that love of God, it never fails. And that means never. And I was thinking of, I was watching this commercial the other day, and it was for a car company, and they were like, our trucks are built for tough, and that's something you can count on, and they're, they're never going to fail you. And I was just like, well, you know what, that truck is going to fail you at some point. If life has taught me anything, it's that vehicles can fail you, right? But when God says he never is going to fail you, that love of God is never going to fail, that you can count on because God backs his products up, right? If the love of God is a product of God, you can count on that because he backs that up. So let's turn to uh, John chapter 14. So we have all of these abilities that are far beyond what we know to exercise the love of God. And it isn't because of us. We aren't 
you know, these wonderful people. We aren't just perfect people, right? We had Jesus Christ, and he was a perfect person. And now we're born again, and we can have Christ in us. And that is what enables us to have the love of God, because we could put on the mind of Christ. We have God in Christ in us, and it is that love that God has for us, that he calls us his kids, that he gave us that love and that we can give it to other people. I talked about that nature of the world. Before you're born again, you just have sin nature and you have all the effects of the world just hitting you. But when you're born again, you get to have a new nature. You have that nature of God and within that we have the love of God. So we are growing up in love and then we're moving forward with that. In John chapter 14, verse 23, Jesus answered and said unto them, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him and will come unto him and make our abode. So if we love him, then we keep his words. This, the word of God, this is how we know what is God's will for us in every situation. This is how we know how to be loving and what is truly loving because being loving isn't always just being nice, right? I can do things that are nice, but really it's not the loving thing in that situation. A lot of people are familiar with the concept of not you know, enabling people who are making wrong decisions, but if you're just being nice, you'd be like, well, if it makes you happy, just do it. But that's not the love of God. We need to know in God's word what is his will so that we can do the love of God. Turn to Ephesians chapter 4. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14 says, That we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. And that tossed to and fro... That's not going to happen to us if we have those roots, right? So we, we remember that we need to have those roots in God's word, that we're rooted and grounded because we don't want to be tossed to and fro, carried about by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Verse 15, but speaking the truth in what? Love. Love, right? May grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. And edifying, that's building up. All these things that we do, we want to do in love, and we want to build up this body of Christ. When we speak the truth, we do it in love, and then we are growing up in him. Dr. Werewolf said, to grow up in him, we must get melted into God's cast of love, <laughs> which I thought was just a really great way of thinking it. You know, that like cast, it like molds right around. We want to be Christ-like because he was the most loving man that ever lived. We no longer live selfishly to please ourselves when we live this kind of love. We want to please God's son, Jesus Christ, and we want to please God. So we grow up in him and we know what is the loving thing to do in these situations and how to react to all these things because of God's word. We read God's word. We spend time in it. We study it and we follow Jesus Christ's example that we've seen set in this word. And second, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 
it's just beautiful how all of the word fits together and all of the word is designed just to show you God's will, right? The word of God is the will of God. And when we know God's will, then we can live it. And when we live it, we live that love and then we get real blessed. We feel really good. So we're going to, let's see, in 2 Corinthians 5.14, it says that the love of Christ constrains us. So when the love of God rules in your heart, you allow yourself to be saturated, really just fully soaked up with that love of God. And it's the love of God then that constrains you. It's what holds you. And we want that to be, we want love to be what comes out of our mouths. We want it to be what people think of when they think about us. We want to be blessing God's people and doing God's will. In Proverbs, you don't have to turn there. I'll just read it to you. Proverbs chapter 31, verse 26. This is talking about the virtuous woman. And God is describing here a wonderful woman, woman that we should be emulating. And he says, she opens her mouth with, with wisdom and her tongue is the law of kindness. Our words are kind. We're not tearing people down. We're not backbiting. We're not making other people feel bad about themselves. And the things that we say regarding our own lives, those things are kind too. We're kind to ourselves. God cares about us. He doesn't just say, uh, whatever about you, but take care of them. God takes care of us too. Let the things that you say be kind. Turn to 1 John chapter 4. I'm going to read this to you guys from the NIV version. And 1 John 4, 16 says, And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in them. Isn't that beautiful? That God is love, and that whoever lives in love, that God is in them. And that's so beautiful. And that's the way that your life stays sweet. That's where that beautiful sweetness of life, that joy, that effervescence comes from. Um, the love of God makes us gentle and kind. It makes us bold and forgiving. We aren't harsh. We aren't bitter. We don't hold on to our shortcomings or other people's shortcomings. We can let those things go. There's freedom in the love of God. And that's a really beautiful thing. And we don't have any other room for those things because then the love of God, it fills us up. And it just pushes all those other things away. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 4. And 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 8 says, and above all things, have fervent charity. We remember that word charity. That's the love of God and the renewed mind among yourselves. For charity, that love of God shall cover a multitude of sins or, you know, our shortcomings. There's no chance that any of us are going to be perfect, right? <laughs> Jesus Christ was perfect, but it's not likely that any of us are going to say, from here on, I'm going to be perfect and just for the rest of my life. But... God knows that. He knows us and he loves us. And that love of God, it, it just kind of covers. It covers a multitude of sins. And I am so thankful for that. 
Love sees more, but it's willing to see less. Love is building others up. It's being there for people. It's letting what you say, the law of your tongue, be kindness. And that's what we want. God has commanded us to love because when we do that, we are doing God's will. And I was thinking about my own kids. And kids have foolishness in them, and we know that. But when I tell my kids things to do that I know are good and right choices, and they do those things that I have instructed them to do that are good and right choices, then they're blessed. They're blessed for two reasons. They're blessed first because they're doing things that are good and right, and the results that are coming back to them are great. They're great results. They're exactly what we wanted. And they're also blessed because they're doing my will. They're blessed because they're pleasing me. And children love to please their parents. You know, I have three kids, and even the littlest one, when I say, yay, you did a great job, he's so proud. He's so happy to please us. And we're God's kids. You know, we want to please our Heavenly Father. God does so much for us. We want to bless him. And when we do the things that God asks us to do, our lives are blessed because we're getting that good fruit, those good results from following the things that God's asked us to do. And we're blessed because we're pleasing God. So it's a really cool thing when you live that love of God because your life starts to get really, really good. Um, turn to John chapter 13, the Gospel of John chapter 13. John 13, 34. A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. Isn't that beautiful? God loves us. And with that love that he's given to us, he just asked us to go out there and love each other. And when you're doing God's will, when you're loving one another, then all of those things that were in the law are taken care of. All of the things that aren't right and aren't going to give good fruit into your life are eliminated because those things are outside of God's will. But when you are doing the love of God, you're inside God's will, so you're blessed. I'll just read this to you. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 19, it says, We love him because he first loved us. So God is our example. He is our father and he's our parent. And he shows us how to do these things. God's not asking us to do anything that he doesn't do to us. And he's not asking us to do anything that's hard for us to do, really. It might take some retraining, right, of our minds. But it is something that we can do. And God wants us to be loved just as much as he wants other people to be loved by us. And that's a really great thing. God takes care of his people. He meets our needs, and then he goes above and beyond for us. It's this kind of beautiful heart healing circle, right? We get loved by God. We go out and love others. Then they go and they love someone else. And then they come and love us. And it's just kind of this beautiful sort of um, relationship where we're all getting loved up on each other. And when we're living in that love of God, we know we can't fail. And so we're complete and we're content and we're peaceful and we're strong. And all of these things that we want to be, all of the things that you see lacking in this world, right? We see in this world people who are depressed and anxious and worried and 
scared and fearful and all of these things, but we know that perfect love casts out fear, that the love of God, that perfect love that only comes from God, it takes care of all these things for us. So then they're just eliminated, and life is so beautiful like that. Um, John 13, verse 35. By this, this commandment, right? This commandment that he gave that we love one another. By this, all men know that ye are my disciples, if you have love one to another. And that disciples is disciplined ones, those disciplined followers. And we have to discipline ourselves. I was thinking about when someone joins a gym, okay, and they get a trainer, and the trainer gives them this exercise that they have to do. And the first time you do it, you're not going to do it perfectly. You might not even want to do it faithfully or consistently. But if that's really your goal, if that's something you want to accomplish, then you're going to discipline yourself to do it. You're going to bring yourself back and say, okay, I've got to do this. I've got to work the steps, and then I'll get there. And we need to be disciplined, right? We are these disciplined followers, so we need to discipline ourselves to do God's word. And then you start to see growth. You start to see change. You start to really see it. And I was thinking about the people who have come to fellowship, that what is it that so many times you say, well, what brought you to fellowship? And they said, I've just never seen love like that before. I've never seen people love her. You just made me feel so special. They see that and they want that for themselves. We want that fiery love of God. We want that. And the adversary tries to trick us out of it. It's not okay to walk around smiling and blessed and happy all the time. It's not okay to just feel great because then we start to feel guilty or we think we don't deserve it or we talk ourselves out of it with negativity. But we don't want to do that. We don't have to do that. We can allow ourselves to just have that love that God has given us. There's this concept of random acts of kindness. Maybe some of you guys have heard about that. And you're at the drive-thru and someone ahead of you pays for your coffee. And that just makes your day good. And so you turn around and you go buy someone else some flowers. And then they turn around and they go do something else. And if it carries out enough, then everybody in your city all of a sudden is just really happy that day. And they feel really good and blessed. And, and it's a really great concept. But what if instead of random acts of just kindness, it was the love of God that we were passing out? And it was God's word that we were giving to people. Well, then something really incredible would be happening happening in your city. And I just thought that random acts of God's love can and will change the world. And that's what we really want to do. We want to change the world. We want to show them God's word. We want them to have that. Um, every single one of us has the ability to love and we can give that and we can accomplish that if we just walk out on it. I'm going to leave you with this quote that I read that was really great. It says, there is a time for all things, but there is one thing for all times, and that is God's love. You can't bring me down, the word is on my mind.